Hello everyone, this is Chris Lim with the Theotech Podcast, and today I'm joined by my good friend and uh, former discipler, Francis Floth. I knew Francis from uh, the University of Washington when I was a student here, and he worked with Crew. And today I've invited him to the show because I wanted to learn about the next phase of ministry that he's about to enter, which is reaching millennials in New York City. So Francis, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks for being here. So can you share a little bit about how God called you from doing campus ministry into this new marketplace ministry to the millennials? Yeah, so I've been in campus ministry since 1999 when I graduated college. I love campus ministry. I still think it's one of the most strategic ministries there is. But uh, just getting a little bit older and, uh, and also just seeing a lot of former college students really struggle in their faith when they leave college. Mm. Uh, the campus ministry is set up in such a way, I think, where it's really easy to be plugged in and, and growing in your faith. But when you have that, a lot of that structure taken away after college, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a lot of students struggle to maintain their walk with God. Um, let alone to be missional and make an influence for the kingdom of God. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. Like yeah. my, my own sister told me that, you know, in college there's so much support structure and then once yeah. you go into the marketplace, there's like nothing. Yeah, It's definitely a jump to go from just like a fresh out of college, you know, yeah. graduate all the way into like, this, what is this workplace ministry stuff? Like it doesn't really uh, click yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Why do you think it's taken this long really for this new ministry to emerge? That's a good question. I think I, I can speak for Crew. Yeah, I know with within Crew, it's always ever since I've been involved in Crew. I think there's been a, a desire to help students not just grow in college, but the skills and the the habits that they form in college. We want that to transfer after college. It just uh, so there's a lot of things Crew has tried over the years. Yeah, I just think it's almost impossible to teach them something in college that is going to transfer out of college because it's such a new. Uh, it's such a new life stage. And so mm. I think with crew and other ministries do this too. It's, it's kind of like we need to have a ministry specifically for those post-college students so that they can continue to walk with the Lord. Not just say, oh, I'm going to get involved in a church and that's going to be my end all, which I think is it's very easy to that's do. That's kind of the existing track, yeah, right? It's kind of the existing like track. You get out, you get a job, you start going to a local church giving, get a family, settle down. Yeah. And it sounds like that's not really necessarily the lives that millennials are leading. Like It's going in a different track. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. Mm. Um, I think w- within college, for instance, you, college ministry at least, you have things like discipleship, so maybe a one-on-one or a group mentoring thing. Mm-hmm. You have a weekly meeting outside of church that you have. You have like a Bible study that maybe is in the dorms or near the place where you live. Yeah. You have outreaches where you're trained how to share your faith and, and how to get into spiritual conversations that you can just kind of come into. And when you leave college, all those things typically are gone. And we don't really apply necessarily either because the context is so different Yeah, in your workplace or you know, with the customers that you work with and your boss and everything. It's a whole different set of questions. Yeah, I think um, as a college student, uh, witnessing to your friends or your roommates is it, people are open to spiritual conversations in a lot of ways in college. They're, yeah. they're trying to figure out what they believe whatever spiritual background they've come from. Mm-hmm. And it is much different when you're after college, you settle down, people become much more set in their ways. On college campus, I will often ask students that are non-believers, I'll ask them, what do you actually like the most about Christianity and what do you like the least about it, honestly? Okay. There's different answers, obviously, but one of the more common answers for what they like the most is the community. Interesting. 
And so because, at least where I was at at UC Davis, there was a lot of Christian groups on campus. Mm. So most students that were non-believers knew a Christian. Okay. Were in relationship with a Christian. And they, in some way, had either heard about or experienced the Christian community through them. Yeah. And it was attractive to them mm. because I think it's something that is unique, you know, even in today's culture where people are so connected um, technologically. Yeah. But oftentimes not in person um, in person mm -hmm. and there's something attractive about Christian community where there's actual you know ideally there's genuine love and care and yeah. compassion and deeper relationships and they they see that and they notice that and I think that's something that can transfer to life after college I see how do we how do we care for people and love people in a communal sense so I think a lot of reaching out to non-believers after college is inviting them into a Christian community that's healthy and loving them through that, and I think that is attractive to them. Now, you mentioned to me earlier, though, something interesting, which is that even when you're doing campus ministry, mm -hmm. you could kind of notice um, people whose faith was kind of their own yeah. versus people whose faith was really because they were part of a Christian community, yeah. and so the moment that they are out of that mm -hmm. and in the quote-unquote real world, mm -hmm. their faith is kind of lost. Yeah. And so how do you see that helping you know believers make that transition where you know their faith becomes a so much a part of who they are that even when they leave when they don't have community they actually think like maybe i can create one instead of just kind of complaining and saying oh there's no community and like you know that passion is gone like all the churches around my area they're not they don't really fit me mm -hmm. it's a it's a very common thing i've heard at least among people who are seeking community very few people maybe have that desire to create it yeah it i would say it's very it's hard to do that but i think one thing I have noticed that, like you said, is those in college that had a, a really per, a strong personal faith. I mean, a lot of that is spending time on your own, reading the Bible, not just relying on a Bible study mm. or others, you know, a pastor, but really having that personal time, personal connection with the Lord and prayer and Bible study. Those people are the ones that typically thrive after college. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right, taking it to the next step, like you were talking about, not just you know leaving college and entering a church and saying okay what can the church do for me but now how can I actually help the church how can I use my spiritual gifts to in this church whether it's serving youth or you know teaching or leading in some way or serving how can I do that mm -hmm. um, it's a shift that has to take place yeah because in college your everything comes to you mm. and you're it's invest all convenient too it's all convenient and you're being invested in you're being cared for yeah so hopefully ideally in college you know my my goal is to as i disciple students that's not the end all it's like how are you look how are you reaching out to your non-christian friends how mm. are you reaching out to influence other christians around you and encourage them and challenge them in their faith mm-hmm um, but it, but the only way that really happens, the, the people I see that with are ones that have that intimate walk with God on their own. I see. That's interesting, yeah. Because I definitely have found, like, maybe out of all the things that I learned from working with you and crew, there's probably two that have stuck with me. One of them is just the practice of doing initiative evangelism, going up and talking to people, and it doesn't always apply. I think I probably had some psychological damage, too, where I assume <laughs> people are going to reject me all the time. Sure. Um, but uh, at the same time, that really took away a lot of the um, unnecessary fear over yeah. being vocal about your faith mm -hmm. like and that's, that was great I'm grateful for that thank yeah. you yeah. and then the second one was the realization that when you when I go into these different places like I work for Amazon after college there's no reason why I can't create the community if it's not there yeah and that's what the Lord did and that's I think crew was a big part of showing that hey this is actually possible like yeah. it's not a big deal mm -hmm. to step out in faith to start talking to friends even Christian friends and say hey let's get together and you know talk about 
Jesus in light of our work, yeah. in light of uh, our community that we're in here in the workplace and all those things. So I see those things as definitely transferable yeah. from the crew days. Yeah, and I think a big part of that is even like, because God is working, right? God is working everywhere. Mm-hmm. We don't always see it. But yeah. so I think even just to take that a step further, it's like every situation you're in, whether it's your workplace, social community, it's even just praying like, God, I know you're working here. Mm-hmm. How do you want to use me? You know, yeah. can you open a door for me? Can you reveal to me? You know, maybe I need to, to start something or talk to somebody and just being sensitive to the spirit in that. And I've heard a lot of people that when they do that, God opens doors and, mm. and, uh, and works in that community that they're in or in that situation they're in. Yeah, that's fantastic yeah. because I think that, you know, Theotech, what we're about is so much about trying to activate and unleash people yeah. to use their gifts for the kingdom. And I think you're right, like, they don't need permission. Yeah. Like, everybody listening yeah. to this podcast does not need permission from a pastor or somebody else to tell them that, hey, you can use your gifts in computer science, yeah. in finance, in uh, Bible teaching or whatever it is for the gospel. Yeah. Like, you can do it. And that, that posture, just that posture of like, God, what is it that you yeah. want me to do with it? Like, yeah. what are the opportunities you have in front of me? That can make all the difference yeah. from feeling like there's nobody there for you, that you know, you're the one who needs support and help to like giving yourself away yeah. in love. Yeah. So um, I recently heard that Amazon chose New York City as one of their sites yes, for HQ2. Yes, yeah. So they're going to bring in 25,000 people potentially and like $2.5 billion, whatever. And you're planning on going to New York yes. uh, to do this ministry to mm-hmm. millennials. So what do you think, what do you want to do actually with this new influx of people? <laughs> and um, how do you want to engage them and make disciples in that community? What I'm you know, moving into from the college ministry to working with millennials, there's a lot of unknowns even for me. Campus ministry is so structured it, it, because it's easy to do that. I By think. the way, how old is campus ministry? Like Bill Bright started it 50 years ago? Yeah, fi- I think it was 1951. So it's been about maybe three generations or yeah, so? Yeah, probably. Okay, so it's mature in that sense, yeah. whereas this millennial thing is pretty much, this is like the first gen. It's, it's I think, about six years old, and it six started in New York City. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just start with this. In Cruise City in New York, they recently had an event where they had over a thousand millennials RSVP for a Crew City event. Wow. So you can see the need is there. Um, now, not all of them came to the event. Of course. But, um, but it was, it, there's a need. Yeah. Like people move into the city either as believers or as people who are seeking. And I think they're hungry to connect. Mm. And so one of the things we will do is we will connect with a lot of these millennials and kind of do discipleship but mentoring them seeing how they're doing like spiritually yeah um, with life in general and then helping them connect with local churches so Crew City works with local churches so you're almost like a yeah. bridge because yeah. I was about to ask you you know how, yeah. how is the ministry you do as a missionary distinct from what a pastor would do but I can see a big difference here because a pastor being tied to a local congregation mm-hmm. is not able to do this wide net outreach to all these unconnected individuals yeah. that you might be able to do yeah. from a crew banner and then you can bridge that gap potentially so that they get connected to a community. Yeah, and also having group time, but also one-on-one time with them that's really connecting with them. I think as a pastor, maybe you can do that with a few people, but you're, you're more shepherding a larger congregation in a lot of ways. With us, it's millennials that are wanting to be missional. Yeah. Like, how can I really grow in my faith, but how can I also reach out to people around me who don't know Jesus? Okay. So helping them do that and be intentional about being missional. Because I even see in our Seattle scene, it's not New York City, but you know Amazon brought in 40,000 people who'd never lived in this region before yeah. to work there. And among the people who we meet, 
so many of them are saying that they, that's exactly they're looking for that community yeah. and they can't find it and it's not because churches don't exist here they do yeah. and they might even visit church events or they might go to other events too like a young professional organization yeah. or parties and everything like that and I've been surprised that some people who have been here for several years and are connected to a lot of different like I guess mini subgroups or cultures like you know there's the dancing scene there's the gaming scene there's all these different yeah. scenes and yet they still have that sense of longing mm for a community that's like more like family. Yeah. And it's hard for them to find it. Um, and it, it means that something's something's off yeah. in what we're doing in churches and everything like that. And mm-hmm. I kind of see what you're doing is like maybe that bridge yeah, that I can so. that can help people to find what they're what they need. Yeah, because I think too with that like we're all des- as believers even as a human, we're designed to follow God and pursue him and live our lives for him. And when we're not doing that, there's something missing in our lives. So you can be involved in community. You can be involved in even something bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. you know, helping the homeless or volunteering. Yeah. And that's from God. But ultimately, we're made even something bigger than that to what we're doing to actually be furthering God's kingdom. Um, that's the true sense of fulfillment and, of yeah, purpose. Yeah, that's the true sense of fulfillment and purpose mm-hmm. and how we're, how we're designed. And we'll never be fulfilled. Until we're, I think, until we're living into that and using our spiritual gifts to the fullest. Let's talk a little bit about you know your situation because you're in that transition. Yeah. People are already pretty familiar in the Christian world, at least, with the idea of raising support yeah. for this missionary kind of work, this domestic missionary work, and yeah. I think that people have been willing to give in the past for campus ministry. Mm-hmm. So this is a new frontier. What's yeah. it been like to uh, raise support for this kind of work? Yeah, it's been it's been good. Our, our support goal is bigger because we're going from uh, California to New York City, mm. and uh, our current supporters have just been amazing. They've they've stuck with us. They you know we've been able to tell them what we're doing and explain it a little bit mm-hmm. through speaking at churches and our prayer letters, and they've been really really encouraging and and believing in us and what we're doing, and and it's been uh, raising support is challenging in that we only know so many people. So it's a network issue. So it's a network thing, okay. yeah. So, and we have people that, you know, we're meeting up with and, and trying to get appointments with. Um, people are just busy. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's the ministry we're doing. I just think it's, it can be challenging to raise support. Mm. Um, with, Interesting. Because, like, so. I mean, I know that, you know, many people have solicited me for support in the past as well. Yeah. Missionaries, everything from Bible translation to international sure. student ministry to yeah. college ministry to whatever. So yeah. there's, a, there's a huge selection of opportunities yeah. out there. And yeah. I can see how it's challenging to kind of get attention amidst the noise. Yeah, and I think once we get a platform to kind of explain what we're doing, I've been amazed at how many people, when they hear what we're doing, are like, oh, wow, that's really needed. Or when, you know, when I, gra- you know, a while ago when I graduated from college, it was a real struggle for me. Yeah. Or I spent, you know, three years really struggling after college. And, and so there, as we've been raising support and, and casting vision to people, a lot of people have really been excited about what we're doing, mm-hmm. which has been really cool. And I know for Jen and I, with support raising, when we were raising support after we got married, you know, we would meet with people and it, it became frustrating sometimes if they didn't support us. But I had to take that look back at myself and say, okay, but what am I doing? Am Because there's so many great missions organizations out there and we yeah. want to be supporting them in some way. And I know for us, we had to kind of look at ourselves and say, okay, are we giving sacrificially mm. to people when they ask us, not just mm-hmm. in crew, but in other missions organizations and to the church. Mm-hmm. And, 
and uh, and that's that was a real growing point for us. And I think the, as we've done that, we've just experienced God providing, and I have no doubt He's going to provide for us now as well. Mm-hmm. And He's teaching us a lot through it as well. So, what's uh, what's one thing that you've learned through this experience? I think um, the biggest thing for me is that my my security and my joy is not based on getting to New York City or raising the funds. Yeah, it's based on God alone. And that is where my security comes from. Mm. And uh, I, I can do my part. I can ask people. I can pray. But God's got to be the one that provides. But I know that he's trustworthy. I know he's called us to New York. Mm-hmm. And I know he's going to provide in his timing. And we can rest in that. We don't need to be anxious. Mm-hmm. So. so walking by faith. Walking by faith, what, yeah. what is the What is your elevator pitch of that vision that you share with people? I would say it's, it's that kind of going back to the, the college ministry and how easy it is for students to get involved and grow. We want, you know, we want every college student to ex- that, that moves into a city to have a place where they can help with transition, but also help them continue to walk with God and to grow their full potential to bear fruit yeah. as, as believers. Yeah. Yeah. And who want to support you? What do they do? Um, you can go go to the link and then type in our names, um, Francis and Jennifer Floth, F-L-O-T-H. And uh, we're looking for monthly support. So we okay. have a monthly goal. Once we get to that monthly goal, then we'll be able to report to New York City. Fantastic. So. All right. Well, yeah. let's um, close in prayer. Father God, thank you for Francis and the way that you have used him and Jen to make disciples, Lord, in college. And now you're sending them to New York City. And uh, we know that you will provide. And so increase their faith, Lord, give them your peace, but also give them the wisdom that they need, Lord, so they can be effective in making disciples among millennials. And we thank you for the work you're already doing there, and we pray that you would stir up and activate more and more believers, Lord, uh, more and more young people, more and more millennials, Lord, to use their gifts for your kingdom. Pray that you would use this Crew City ministry uh, to make that possible. In Jesus' name, amen.